Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. And today I have with me again my loving, amazing, kind, generous, and awesome co-host, Deborah Micus. Hello. <laughs> and today we'll be interviewing Janae DeCosson of Fractal Performance Nutrition. How are you doing, Janae? Good, thanks. So, Janae, tell us a little bit about yourself, your sports history, and and how you got to owning your own company. It's quite the broad question. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us your life story. Start when you were four. Okay. So, um, you mentioned sports in the past. I went to Michigan State for my education. I played hockey there. I've played hockey my entire life, so 16 years total, ice hockey, that is. Um, I grew up playing I grew up in a family that was big into hockey. So it was natural for me to continue playing at a competitive level at Michigan state. Um, while I was there, I studied human biology and, um, all four years played for the hockey team. When I graduated, um, I dove straight into CrossFit and I've been doing CrossFit ever since. Um, it kind of stole my heart towards my later years of my hockey career and I was really more invested in CrossFit towards the end. Um, and it really gave me an outlet to kind of transfer my competitive nature into something that is more long lasting than just my university years. So now I find myself as a CrossFit athlete. I'm also a CrossFit coach and a nutrition coach and all of those things kind of tie together. So that's where I'm at now. So just so the audience knows, one of the reasons we have Janae on the podcast is one is because Deborah and I know her very well. <laughs> and we've watched Janae friend. sort of uh, blossom into to an entrepreneur, uh, sort of at a necessity. And um, just so everyone knows, Janae is only 22 years old and, and going on this entrepreneurial jur- journey. So I think that's pretty cool. Are you scared? Uh, yes. <laughs> I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm learning as I go. And I have a lot of really influential and help, helpful people around me to help me on this journey. Cause to be honest, I mean, I studied human biology at Michigan state. So I was very much a science nerd. Um, I loved human body and learning things about that. I never knew anything outside of what I studied. It was very much when you get into college and you're studying a certain thing, it feels like you're engulfed in that and you don't have much time for anything outside of it. So I knew nothing about politics. I knew nothing about business. And now here I am a couple years after graduating and I have to start my own business to continue to do what I love. And I know nothing about business. (laughs) So I had to lean a lot on people around me, but luckily I have some really, really talented entrepreneurs around me to help me in that. So what, I mean, how did you get to the point that you're like, the path for me is going to be to start this business. And why don't you describe a little bit what that business is for the audience? Okay. So, um, I never wanted to start a business, honestly, (laughs) if I'm being real. Um, I never really saw myself as someone who wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I love nutrition coaching and that's what I wanted to do on a grander scale try to touch as many lives as I could in that. And in order to do that, it was kind of a necessity that I walked into to have to start a business and brand myself in order to promote myself more and get more clients and be able to help more people. So I ended up starting Fractal Performance Nutrition. 
uh, kind of a unique name. It doesn't, if, it, if a word could be palatable, I don't think fractal is the most palatable word. <laughs> um, and I knew that when I chose it, but I figured that the meaning behind it was more significant than how it sounded. So fractal, what a fractal is, is a geometric figure in which each small shape within it is the same as the whole. So how that relates to everything that I do is um, in life, trying to make each small thing that you do align with your goals um, is definitely really important. So trying to be the same all the way through, have integrity in what you do. And um, the coined phrase that I like to use is how you do anything is how you do everything. So that comes down to if you have performance or aesthetic goals, are you focusing on sleep and stress control and hydration and all the small things as much as you are devoting your time to being in the gym and um, doing whatever you love to do. You know, it comes down to a very all-encompassing perspective. So as a nutritional coach, I'm hearing you say that it's not just the nutrition, it's more 360. So take us on a little journey. You have a new client, someone comes into you and how do you start the process and what can that person kind of expect from you and what are you going to ask of them? Yeah. So, um, when I get a new client, it comes down to a long conversation to start things off. Because like I said, nutrition and health and well-being is very all-encompassing. So I don't just want to know what you're currently eating. I want to know what your job demands of you, what your lifestyle demands of you. Is that stressful for you? Are you able to manage your stress in those situations? Um, what are things that you are passionate about? Where do you find your sense of community? Um, how are you sleeping every night? Is that consistent? Do you wake up five times a night? I need to know those things. Um, in that way, it becomes a lot more than just what you're eating. It's, it comes down to everything because everything affects everything. You know, if, if one thing is out of balance, you're not going to be able to reach your goals as quickly or if at all that, as you want to. Okay. So let's say someone comes to you and they're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I'm imagining everyone's goals are different, right? Yes. So depending on where you are in life, you might be an athlete, you might be an elderly person, you might be someone who's pregnant, it could be Mm -hmm. anyone, right? So, but let's say someone comes to you and they say, oh, I don't sleep well. I mean, then do you dive into like why they're not sleeping? If it's like hormonal, if it's stress, if it's, so you try to figure that out. Yes, absolutely. And like you mentioned, it's a broad spectrum of clients here. Like I'm, I'm not just dealing with high level athletes. I'm not just dealing with the average Joe. It's very much like my 60 year old grandpa and grandma that just want general (laughs) health and wellness down to a high level athlete who's training three, three hours a day. Um, so in that they each have really unique things that they bring to the table, unique aspects of their life that may be a little out of balance or that they struggle with. Um, so Yes, each person is very unique in that, and we do attack that uh, very unique to them because you have to, right? Um, Someone like my high-level younger athlete, if they're waking up four times a night because they can't sleep and they keep waking up to go to the bathroom, they may think nothing of that. But when I hear that, I think of, okay, well, what's the reason behind that? You know, it's not just a, Hey, you, you're drinking too much water before bed and you have to peel off. (laughs) That's not just (laughs) it. You know, that could be a sign of metabolic dysfunction, hormonal disruption, things like that. So you kind of have to look at it from all angles and things that seem very 
normal because you're living that way every day forever are and maybe not so normal. are the fixes in something like that is it through your nutrition or it's through nutrition exercise all things meditation all whatever things. all yes. things um it really is person dependent there so yes through nutrition and that's obviously our primary focus coming off the gate as a nutrition company right um so we're going to make sure you're eating well primarily, but then it comes down to, are you happy in your everyday life? You know, are you doing de-stress techniques before you go to bed because to kind of clear your mind before you rest at night so that you can sleep through the night, things like that. So, so, you know, as you are doing this, you obviously are constantly having to find new clients. Like how long is it anticipated a client would stay with you? Is it an education you're trying to give them? And then once they have it, they kind of need to, they just follow what you're doing for a while. And then unless life changes or goals change, then they would come back to you. Or is it a longer term where they continue to maintain it? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. So my goal with my clients is to educate them enough that they are able to be self, self-sustaining, self-sufficient without me. Um, that should honestly be the goal of any <laughs> nutrition coach. I think any type of coach, right? Um, any good coach wants their athletes or clients or whatever they have to outgrow them. Cause that means you did your job right. really well. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so my goal with my clients is to really educate them on how to eat healthy, what that looks like, what is eating generally well mean, how do we make that easy? How do we make that fun and sustainable and create lifestyle habits that are going to last that you can maintain beyond me? Right. That's so you kind of do your investigative stuff with them, figuring out their goals and their lifestyle, and you help them come up with nutrition based on what those all are. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you're their training wheels till they get it under <laughs> control. Exactly. And then you're kind of like, good, you got this. Go yeah, run and then with send it. them on their own way. So That's how cool. I like to go about that. Ideally, what I do is I have... Um, a period within the first three months with my clients where I check in with them three times a week. So that's holding them to a higher accountability level. I have lots of time to personally connect with them and to interact and see where they're at and make adjustments and all that. And in that three months, that's like the expedited growth phase right there where hopefully they gain all the tools that they need in order to continue on without me (laughs) for the most part. From there, what I do is if they're ready at that three-month mark, some people may may need a little bit more time than that, which is okay. You know, everyone's different. But if they're ready, we drop down to like one nutrition check-in a month or a week rather, um, kind of letting them test the waters on their own a little more, right. stand on their own two feet more more than they were prior, you know, right. kind of wean them off. So what is like, so I'm trying to imagine. So when someone comes to you and you ultimately, do you give them like, you need to eat a certain number of calories or you break it down into fiber and carbohydrates and proteins? Do you do it that way? Or do you literally like write out, like eat stuffed green peppers today <laughs> or like how, no, do, like, how so what I, do you do? I don't do meal plans per se, where I say exactly what you need to eat when mm-hmm. all of that. I think that's very stringent one and unnecessary yeah. too. But, um, what I like to focus on is counting macros reason being that can be adjusted to fit any goal and yield really good success in that. So what counting macros means is, um, macronutrients are protein, fat, and carbs. It's what makes up the fuel that you intake every day. 
Um, rather than having just a broad calorie goal, we, in counting macros, focus on the balance of protein, carbs, and fat that you intake. So if you have a broad calorie goal, per se, in a day, you can hypothetically make that up in entirely carbs and fat because you love that (laughs) and you're still hitting that calorie goal, but are you getting the right balance of micro macronutrients that you need to yield the the success that you want? You don't really know. So what we do is, um, track macros. So I'll give them a certain goal of grams of protein, grams of carbs and grams of fat to hit in a day. I have them track on my fitness pal so that they can see where they're at and they try to hit those goals to the best of their ability, plus minus, you know, five to 10, depending on what we're talking about here. Right. And so like throw out some random numbers of like what, like throw out your macros. What is it that you eat? We'll just <laughs> yeah. use you as you a, know, as I know off the top of my head. <laughs> of course. So example me. Okay. Um, so I'm coming fresh off of hip surgery. I just had hip surgery. What? Like three or four months, I think four months ago now. Okay. And so my macros are a little low being that, you know, I'm right. just getting back to training volume and stuff. So my macros personally, I eat 125 grams of protein in a day, 55 grams of fat, which is a little low, but plenty enough. And then 175 grams of carbs. I'm in the process of upping that as I get back to more training volume. So that's my personal set. Okay, so I'm imagining if you came to me and said, Deborah, okay, this is what you need to eat a day. I would be like, hmm, sounds interesting. But I would have no idea how to derive <laughs> that, especially like if right, I'm cooking yeah. for myself. It's one thing if you read a label and you're like, okay, the label says this. But I think most things that I read a label to mm-hmm. would not make it easy for me to get to those numbers. Yes. So I, obviously most people who are going to do this are mostly cooking for themselves. And yep. so do you kind of help explain to them like, oh, a four-ounce chicken breast is going to have... 20 grams of protein or like, do you, close, I don't 22. even know. <laughs> I was close. Yeah. But I mean, so do you help them through that? So they yes, can, absolutely. Yeah. So okay. that's part of what we do in the initial onboarding phase of things is really get them educated on what even is a macro right. for one Yeah. <laughs> Two. what does that look like to track? Um, that's why my fitness pal comes in so much handy because you can literally scan a barcode. You can type in chicken breast, four ounces, you oh, know, and cool. it pops up with the set of macros telling you what's in it, you right. know, and then you can use that as a guide to building the balanced meal that you require right. at that time, you know? Um, but I break it down for him, for them and tell them, Hey, like if you have 125 grams of protein, perhaps you start with breaking that down into equal segments throughout the day and then shape your carbs and fat around that. Right. Um, so I teach them all of these things off the bat, like kind of how to break down your, your day into four or maybe five meals, um, so that you are able to, eat consistently throughout the day and not feel like you're overloading in one meal or, you know, right. eating a weird snack here just to hit your macros. <laughs> right. I make sure to give them a lot of tools. And so, I mean, and so once people are educated basically in kind of what the foods are, then they can kind of figure out their own substitutions. Is that kind right. of how that works? Yeah. So, like based on what they like to eat. And- right. So I also provide them like a little chart that has protein, carb, and fat ideas okay, and kind of show them like, Hey, these are some healthy options that you can choose from. And if you have a list of what you can choose from, it makes it quite easy to kind of pick some things out and make whatever you'd like to out of that. You right. know, you can make stir fry, you can change 
insert and delete any type of food that you want in to make a meal that's palatable for you. Right. Is there any food such as donuts that you don't recommend Unfortunately, donuts are on the no-go list <laughs> for most of the time. Right. Um, I'm a very firm believer in being rigid yet flexible. And I think that, or sorry, flexible yet rigid. And mm-hmm. that's something that max macros really allows you to do is have that flexibility every once in a while when you need to, because I don't think it's really healthy for anyone to be on a, such a strict diet that they're following some whole food diet 24 seven. They never have any treats. They never go out to eat because you don't right. have a scale there. You can't weigh your food. You don't know how they're cooking it back there. You know, right. things like that. I think that promotes a lot of unhealthy relationships with food and that's not really what I like to do. So, um, (laughs) quite the opposite really. So in that flexible, but rigid mindset, what I can do is have my clients, if they have like one one Saturday night out with their friends a week and they've ate really well all week, they can have that meal out and not feel anxiety about it because they just crushed their week. You know, they're doing fine. One, one small meal where they have five French fries is not going to throw them off their handle. You know, right. they're going to be just fine. So in that five. way, <laughs> five <laughs> French fries. or 25 <laughs> <laughs> or having, if you're going out, yeah. you just went to New York, right? So yeah. if you're on vacation and you stop at an awesome donut shop in the morning, great. Like, let's <laughs> I know we do were it. there. We got a dozen, um, cupcakes from Magnolia bakery. Magnolia, Delicious. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. when you're there, like right. you're going to have one habit. Cool. And like you can, Counting those macros allows you to shape the rest of your day to kind of reflect that meal. So if you went way over in your fat in that meal, it's okay. You know, you can just drop down your fats a little bit throughout the rest of the day and you're completely fine. Right. Nothing is ruined. It's not a big deal. And so what about like the person, like a lot of people, they go to work every day and you know, they're working 40 plus hours a week and yeah. they're eating pretty much every lunch, not at home. Uh, they probably have lots of business things that they have to do in the afternoons or evenings. So these people tend to not really have as much hands-on to their own food. So do you mm-hmm. give them tools or ideas yeah. as to how to maybe order differently or how to... Right. Um, so let me backtrack and say primarily first <laughs> that I do promote eating whole foods, right. real food as much as possible. You know, the grand majority of the time is the flexible part comes in every once in a while. It's right. not an everyday thing. Um, people that have busy schedules, people that eat out often, giving them a set of tools that they can kind of look at the menu and make a healthier option. Even that if that's just a little healthier today, you know, it's not a drastic change that happens overnight. It's, Hey, I chose to get sweet potato fries instead of normal fries today. And next time that progresses into a salad instead of sweet potato fries and things like that, there's small changes where they begin to recognize what may be a little bit, a little bit healthier each time. And then before you know it, they're eating a really healthy meal out somewhere. And so on the front of macros, so do you have everyone do macros or is that more geared towards an athlete or everyone? So I don't have necessarily everyone do macros. Most people I have do macros. Um, But like I mentioned earlier, I do have a client that's like an older gentleman, you know, and he's a grandpa. It's not, (laughs) does he need to track macros? No. Like I can teach him to use different tools like his hand size, you know, Hey, get a, get a portion of protein. That's the size of the palm of your hand. Right. Uh, Or a, you get 
a palm full of veggies, you know, a, a hand cup size amount of carbs in each meal. So using different tactics to help them create a balanced plate is kind of what I attack there. For the most part, macros do work, yes, but they aren't necessary in order to change someone's nutrition. You know, we can get you eating healthy without counting macros. Right. And I'm thinking of like my parents, like I know as you get older, you can lose muscle density, you can lose bone density, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And it's really hard for older people to to get the actual amount of protein that they need. So what do you do to encourage like an older person to get their protein? How do, what are great ways for them to get that higher number? So that makes me laugh because my mom hates eating meat. (laughs) So that one, I get questions about that often. Um, she just, she jokes that she could be a vegetarian if, if she needed to, (laughs) because she doesn't love to eat meat at all. Um, there's plenty other ways you can get it in. You know, she loves refi, refi, Reef, what are they? Refried, Refried beans. beans. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those in like burritos. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, we can use beans as a source. She loves right. eggs, uh, different, like she'll do muscle milks after she works out, which, hey, is better than not getting her protein in, right? right? Um, so finding different foods that may be a, a little bit more protein dense, like quinoa, even mm-hmm. beans. And a lot of people just don't have the education, especially of that older generation, right? They may not know where protein is found. They might not know that quinoa has protein in it. You know, right. who knows? Even some <laughs> really. vegetables and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And different types of foods that may be a little protein dense that they don't realize. Um, so kind of one, giving them that knowledge and two, giving them ideas, you know, just helping them find different ideas outside of a slab of meat if that's not their thing. Right. So I, go ahead. So is it fair to say that it's, you don't have, it's not like your client is an athlete. Your client is really anyone who wants to look at their nutrition and have a way to kind of have a healthier life, whether their goals are weight loss, whether it's maintaining a weight, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's lots of different people. Yes, absolutely. Um, anyone who seeks to be more confident, feel amazing, look amazing, feel strong, that's what I'm interested in, you know, and I can help you get there through nutrition and working with you personally as a nutrition coach. Well, I forgot what I was going to say now, but on a side note, anyway, uh, Tracy, Janae's mom is probably one of our biggest fans on this podcast. So we'll give her a quick shout out on the podcast since I forgot what I was going to ask. Hi, Tracy. Oh, I know what it was. So, but I noticed that a lot of people when they do macros or, um, couple things that are encouraged and I don't know if this is always this meal prep as well as weighing their food is that just make it easier yeah it makes it so much easier honestly (laughs) um so weighing the food is important so that you know how much you're getting I mean usually if you were to weigh your food for say two weeks straight you can take two to four weeks off and based on eyeballing it have a really good concept of what you're getting. But typically, people have no idea what four ounces of meat looks like. Right. I, I still weigh my food right. every day. I've been doing this for Yeah, and four ounces of, years. of chicken versus four ounces of ground beef. You it's know, just like, different. It yeah, looks everything's different. different. Yeah. So, yes, weighing is a big part of it. Uh, also, like measuring cups, you know, using stuff like that just, to, just for accuracy's sake. Um, it's hard to eyeball, especially when you're hungry. <laughs> you're like, that looks about... 50 Uh grams of carbs and then you're (laughs) spilling more and more over. You're like, yeah, count it. Um, so it just keeps you accountable, keeps you on the right track with what you're, what you actually have in front of you. What was the second part of that? Well, actually I want to meal prep. Yeah. Meal prep, meal prep. So 
trying to hit certain splits of macros every day and trying to do that eating generally whole foods, right? Predominantly whole foods. We don't often have time to stop and make meals throughout the day, although we wish we did. Like we have work, we have life, things, things are busy. So when we meal prep, we are setting ourselves up to succeed from the start because you already have, when you get hungry, you already have that rice already made. You know, you already have the fresh lean meat already cooked for you, the veggies to add in. So you don't have to sit there in the kitchen three to five times a day cooking a meal. No one's got time for that. So or meal- be tempted by the chips in the closet. Exactly. So <laughs> I was actually just wrote in a little article for my clients that was talking about um, recapping a podcast by Ben Bergeron. Um, and he was talking about like, if it's in the house, you're going to eat it. So if you fill your house with junk food, chances are (laughs) it's going to get eaten. You know, (laughs) it's definitely going to get eaten. But if you fill your fridge with fresh veggies and they're cut up already and prepped for you. And if you have fresh meat ready, when you get home from work and you're starving and you don't want to spend an hour and a half cooking the uncooked meat that's in your fridge, you know, if it's already there and cooked, you're going to eat it. Same thing applies, yeah. right? So, well, and then it makes it like it's the easy, ready-to-eat thing. It's just yeah. as easy as eating something that's ready-made, you know, that's right. not like, healthy We and not only whole. have yeah. a certain amount of willpower as humans, <laughs> right? <laughs> and optimizing the amount of willpower you have in the day to make healthy choices can come down to your grocery store trip. Like, right. are you filling your cart with crap food? Right. Because you're going to want to eat that later. And as much willpower as you may have, it's going to give eventually. And you're going to give into those temptations. And it's there for you to eat. So if you make it easy to eat healthy and you make it really hard to make the bad choices, if not impossible to make the bad choices by not, not buying it at all, right? Then you're going to be more apt to make the healthy choice. As simple as that. Yeah, I want to touch upon one thing that Janae's saying, because well, Deborah and I are in healthcare food, and one of the things healthcare food has always done, and it's a shame because it's always waiting until someone's sick mm-hmm. till we measure their food. And in our business, we measure all the food that goes to a patient to make sure it hits their dietary needs for what they're dealing with or if they're laid up in bed and their calorie counts and all that. And it's a shame that more people don't do that in their everyday life because mm-hmm. if they did it and worked with people like Janae, they would avoid going to the hospital and have to have weighed out hospital food, which in our case, most of the time is pretty good, but you know, it depends and it depends on the person just like anything else. So why not weigh your food and take care of yourself before you get in the hospital and eat the food you want to eat? That's good uh, and healthy and whole foods. You know, that's number one. Number two is, is through things like CrossFit and, and people becoming more fit and being more conscious of their health, we are seeing a change in this country and the world as this spreads, um, what we'll call a revolution in food, is that more people are interested in trying to eat healthier and eat the whole foods. They just don't know how. So, you know, Janae is this outlet. There are people out there, and I'm going to promote Janae because she's on the (laughs) podcast, but there's people out there willing to help you do it. And at what it costs you to go to a hospital, Deborah and I know this mm-hmm. from our side of the business, what it costs you, even if it's once every five years or once every 10 years or the last parts of your life, to have that extra life, the cost of 
paying someone like Janae to balance your diet and balance your health Mm -hmm. is far exceeds the amount of money you would spend by being unhealthy and constantly having doctors and constantly going in to have doctor visits or to a hospital or whatever, because you can avoid a lot of health things or even some immune things like a cold sometimes that's just we're not eating properly and we're taking damage on our immune system through the way we're living eating and all that and janae helps take that whole perspective and balance it so we tend to be healthier more often and instead of you know every once in a while we're we're better able to fight the flu and the common cold and things like that yeah thank you for bringing that point up because that's so important like we never want to worry about things until it becomes so much of an issue that we are forced to worry about it right. always. Right. Yeah. But well, this not is to some mention too. I mean, I think about like how food affects me. I know for certain, like if I eat a piece of cake in the middle of the day, cause I remember working in offices and stuff, <laughs> it's always someone's it's birthday. There, yeah. And it's whether it's bagels on Fridays or whether it's someone's yep. birthday and it's cake, I crash hard after I eat that, mm-hmm. you know? And so realizing too, that it's not just the cost of maybe if you get sick, it's also the day-to-day life and how you physically feel and having right. the energy to live the life you want to lead. And so, right. you know, I think that's one of the really cool things about food is that if you do eat it properly, you can have a much more vibrant life. And so, right. you know, those temptations though, and I definitely, <clears throat> Janae knows firsthand, I, <laughs> I definitely have a sweet tooth. I am guilty, but, um, you know, I also know that those things have their consequences on me physically. Right. And so, and you there's know, a time and place. Right. There's you. a time and a place. But what you said, like we can't afford to not worry about it now. Right. Now is the time to worry about it because if we don't down the road, we find ourselves either unhappy with how we look, unhappy with how we feel. Maybe we have type, maybe we have diabetes, you know, or some plaguing disease that literally was onset because of our lifestyle factors for so long. Right. You know? And when, when you get older, do you want to be able to play with your kids and grandkids and go on family adventures with them and feel like you can hang and things like that? Sure. Um, this is the time to worry about it. It's not like something that should be pushed off to later, right. later, means all of those things, right? That you have more time to crash and burn. If you worry about it now, preserving that longevity and happiness is going to be much more vital. So Janae, why don't you really quickly before we keep going on, but why don't you tell people how they can reach you? Because if someone (laughs) has interest, like how do they reach Janae? (laughs) How do they get your services and get your help and nutrition and coaching? Yeah. So I'm obviously very like new into creating the business itself. I've been doing coaching for since last summer. So almost a year now. Um, but I'm still in the process of forging all of my business outlets. So I have an Instagram. It's at Janae Cawson. probably link somewhere. Insert link, <laughs> insert link below. <laughs> Um, and then I have a Facebook business page right now. I'm working on a more formal website, but that's where you can find my email and my phone number, all of that. You can message me directly through Facebook as well. With your, with your name, not with your business name. My business name is under the Facebook one. So my Instagram is my personal account that I've also paired as a business, but it's under my name. Um, and then my Facebook page is a business page. Perfect. So with that, so you're new to the being an entrepreneur. And Mm -hmm. so you're obviously having to figure out all sorts of new stuff. 
So probably the, I mean, what was the first step? You're like, okay, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> was thing one, like, I got to figure out how to get some clients. Like how, how, how the hell do I do this? <laughs> right. Well, and before she answers this question, cause I think this is good. And we're, I want to do a little prequel. prequel. I can't even say oh, okay. it right now today. It's, it's a Saturday and we're recording and I'm not, I'm in my pajamas still. Just so the audience knows. <laughs> and I think watching Janae, what Deborah and I have seen as she's made this journey is Janae um, came into Colorado. She's, you know, in a new state and she's pursuing CrossFit and being a CrossFit coach. But she came up to a roadblock in needing hip surgery. And then yeah, in that hip time. surgery, she had to get, you know, overcome something that at the age of 22 years old is not that easy to overcome because you know, uh, it's, it gets in her way. And when she wants to be an athlete, it sort of stunted her ability to be an athlete. Mm -hmm. And she really, what Deborah and I saw was her control, her nutrition and her diet and, and train properly and find the right support to, to move her forward. And in doing that developed her own story to be able to launch her own op entrepreneurial journey so she could help other people. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like she just stumbled across this, like, I'm going to do this. I think part of it is Janae was able to take what she she had mm -hmm. and the hardship that just happened to her, that's four months ago, and and harness it. So back to Deborah's question is, how, yeah. so amongst all of that mess... <laughs> Quite you know, a mess. <laughs> running around on crutches, oh, hard to drive a car, so trying to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. You launched this business. It was a lot. It was a lot at once. <laughs> it was a lot at once. Yeah. So backtrack a little bit. I was pre-med when I went through Michigan State for schooling. I had big dreams of being an orthopedic surgeon. And I don't want to say that that's entirely off the table. Rather just pursuing other dreams in the meantime. But my plan all along... I had loved CrossFit so much, so, so much. And I just desperately wanted to be an athlete in that. Still do, of course. But med school was this thing that was like, I had to go. I, everyone was telling me, you have to go to medical school right away. Like, you don't have time to be an athlete, all this stuff. Um, on the other hand, I heard people say, hey, take time off to do what you love before you go to med school so that you're one mature and ready for that. And two, you really know that's what you want to do. So I decided to roll with that because <laughs> I really wanted to take time to do what I love to do after devoting so much time and energy and a vast amount of effort to being an exemplary student and athlete as a hockey player, I was just burnt out and I really wanted to chase some dreams and passions of mine. So I took time off. I moved out to Colorado. I love it here. I'm so happy <laughs> out here. So happy. And um, dove into CrossFit and CrossFit coaching and nutrition coaching because that's what I love to do. And in that, it was kind of this season of, hey, I'm going to do this while I'm like waiting to go to medical school and maybe, you know, see where it takes me. And I had started nutrition coaching in the summer. But it was just very low-key, like a couple of friends at mm -hmm. most. And I was just tabling around, like getting my certifications and whatnot um, so that I could be more official and really have a good knowledge base to bring my clients. In that process, I had come upon my torn labrum, which is why I needed surgery. That was in October that I tore it. And I was on the OR table in November. So that whole process ruined my plan because I had planned out <laughs> yeah. two years, pretty much, right. max, to do 
CrossFit and be an athlete, and then I'd go to medical school. And that plan was totally trashed. <laughs> so, because I was going to have this surgery, and then I was going to have to recover, and it just, it threw everything off. And I had this, like, falling out where everything was broken. You know, I had no idea what I was going to do, how it was going to affect me, um, would I ever be able to make it as a competitive CrossFit athlete at all? What would that look like? Like, how far down the road? Um, so, I had so many questions. I felt like everything was crumpling, and I needed to find some sort of peace of mind in that and find out why like I just kept asking myself like why is this happening to me like I knew physiologically like you played hockey for 16 years you have terrible (laughs) hips like I know that part but like why now like why didn't I have that opportunity to take my two years like I had planned and then it happened later like I'd be fine if it happened after (laughs) I was successful in my CrossFit career but it didn't and it was a terrible blessing in disguise because not only did it lead me into nutrition coaching on a deeper level, but it also, I mean, made me such a better athlete as well because I now have better movement patterns and all of that different story. But (laughs) (laughs) as far as nutrition coaching in that time off, it really gave me time to think about my purpose and what I was doing to help others, what I was doing to better this planet Mm -hmm. how what did I have that I could bring to others to make this world a better place and I I have so much passion for CrossFit and nutrition and that's what I decided to harness so I ended up starting this nutrition coaching business because one I had the time (laughs) lots of downtime (laughs) it after getting the surgery and trying to recover I had yes I was quite busy going to PT and trying to coach and all these things but it was a lot of time off from training and all I had known thus prior was training and very much focused on me and myself and what I was doing today and what were my goals with training, things like that. I was very self-centered in that way. Um, I didn't have an outward projecting mindset of like, how am I helping others? How am I bettering this world? So that time frame really made me step back and think about that think about others above myself because I couldn't think about myself. Right. I mean, I'm broken. <laughs> and not only can I not train, but like, I don't want to think about that. It's, right. It's not fun. So, um, I found that in helping others through nutrition coaching, I found a lot more satisfaction in seeing others reach their goals above reaching my own, like watching, watching someone who, yeah, Yeah. like I just helped one of my clients with nutrition for a couple of months and now she's hitting massive PRs. Like that is so, so so satisfying to me and way, way more cool than myself hitting a PR. You (laughs) know, that's, that's awesome. Um, that I can have that profound effect on someone. And that just, I mean, outside of the gym, it comes down to helping clients like feel happy. Like I had so many, so many instances where like shit's going so wrong in their life, (laughs) you know, and they're falling apart and they don't know what to do. And like just being there for them to lean on and helping them get through that is so rewarding to see them. Hey, like I, I changed my, what I'm doing and now I'm so much happier. Like, thank you so much for your help. Like that's more rewarding to me than worrying about my personal training and my CrossFit goals, which trust me are still near and dear to my heart, (laughs) but now are not, I'm not as self-centered about, you know, I, I want more of a purpose in life outside of myself and my goals. You know, I want to do better on this planet than that. Just so the audience knows a PR is a personal record and it's a CrossFit (laughs) CrossFit lingo. (laughs) And, uh, it's usually when someone 
lifts or crushes their normal record in CrossFit. It's a very joyous moment for any <laughs> CrossFit athlete <laughs> because in any uh, athletics, but particularly in CrossFit and weightlifting, we often plateau at weights. And mm-hmm. so being able to push above that weight uh, is a huge thing. And to Janae's point, eating right is a huge part of that. And recovery of your muscles and yeah. things like that become a huge part of that. So, Right. So back to the business side of this. So oh, now yeah. you've decided you started a company. Deborah's <laughs> <laughs> like, Justin, stop throwing all the fluff in there. Please <laughs> oh, get back good. to the point. It's good. But I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, though, like yeah. you're new to this whole thing. And so you decide to start this company. And mm-hmm. now you've got to figure out how to get clients. So how did, like, yeah. <laughs> how'd you get that done? I mean, obviously, you're starting to have clients. You're having mm-hmm. progress. Like, you're off the ground and you're running. But yes. you had to get there. So Right. Um so I didn't, I started the business a little bit later in my journey of, uh, nutrition coaching. I was doing it for friends and people that I knew and for a while. And I just, I wanted more clients. I wanted to help more people to touch more people. And I didn't know how, honestly, like, how do you get more clients? <laughs> beats me. So, um, I was really struggling with that. And I think we like talking with people that I knew, um, that were more experienced in the business. It was like, I didn't have a brand, you know, I didn't have anything that made it really formal and official. So decided to start a business so that I could kind of brand myself and reach more, um, in doing that. (laughs) It's, it's been really tough. I mean, I'd started out really slow and biggest takeaway was that I had to be patient and I right. didn't realize how patient I had right. to be. <laughs> There's no I'm, such thing as overnight successes. Everyone you no. know, sees people who are successful, but they didn't do it overnight. It, there's a long story. Like, yes, I thought yes, it was going to happen overnight. I thought right. I was going to make one post right. and like everyone would want me. <laughs> but I will <laughs> say, having watched you know, front and center, that you are making huge strides in a, in a short amount of time. And Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah you're doing it's hard. Great. I mean, I remember my first post on Instagram and Facebook um, saying that I was officially nutrition, nutrition coaching, which at that point, mind you, I had been doing it for months already. Mm-hmm. I just was like really shy about it. And I mean, I told certain people, but I, to put yourself out there on social media is it's like vulnerable. really terrifying. Right. <laughs> like um, I am setting myself up on a massive stage to have a very li- high likelihood of failing. You know, I could fall <laughs> on my face and fail. I could get zero clients. I could look stupid, all of these things in front of everyone. And they're all going to see it. Um, and also like my why's behind nutrition coaching and my story, like sharing that on a, on a big scale through social media is terrifying for me. Like not, but you did, I did. And yeah. so, <laughs> and so it. what gave you the courage? What were you like? I wanted more clients. Yeah. I wanted to grow as a person in doing that. And I wanted to grow as a business and both of those things happened (laughs) because I posted on Instagram and Facebook. That first post was like breaking the seal. It was terrifying. I posted it and like, I told myself I wasn't going to look for like two hours because I was so nervous. I was like contemplating taking it down (laughs) immediately (laughs) after. (laughs) Don't judge me. But, um, I think that's officially the definition of courage is doing things even when you're scared, right? Like, Oh, I was terrified. Manning up. Oh, it's so hard. (laughs) I like, I'll sit there and make an Instagram post for like two, three hours because I want it to be perfect (laughs) instead of just pressing send, you know, right away. So that was really hard for me. And that was kind of the first, 
um, public display of what I was doing. Um, it said a lot of stuff in it that I didn't really want to share with the world, but I did. It was necessary, you know, right. to kind of give myself some credibility and um, really put myself out there for people. But I think that that your story is part of what gives you such passion <laughs> for what you do. And I think that it goes to show you that anyone, really, that the difficult things in life, at the time, they're very difficult. But on the other side, they're also the things that help you grow. And without right. those hard times, you don't have that growth. And you've had several different things that you've experienced in your life that have given you, you know, whether it was you being an athlete throughout college or whether mm-hmm. it was your own eating situations or whether it's starting this company, they're all things, or your hip surgery. These are mm-hmm. all things that have given you perspective that make you that much more well-rounded and, you know, good at your profession. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been through all, pretty much the entire spectrum. I've done everything really poorly, <laughs> everything you could think of. Going, I don't know. You're, going, you know, you kill it in your grade. Like you played collegiate sports. You're, you know, yeah, high functioning. Like, yeah. Throughout college, I I was so stressed out with school. I didn't sleep at all. I was waking up five times a night when I was only sleeping five hours. You know, right. it was very fragmented sleep. I was super stressed. I was tr- overtraining, way under eating, got an eating disorder. I was terribly thin, you know, um, in coming back from that, I had to get super chunky, like un- <laughs> uncomfortably fat, right. if I'm being honest. Um, and that was a really hard season to go through, you know, being okay with the body that I was in, even when I hated it, knowing that this was a long game and I wasn't going to see the results I wanted until much later on. I've been through that. I've been through fitnessing for general health and wellness. I've been through competing as a high level athlete. I'd like to think (laughs) (laughs) training, um, training at a higher level in CrossFit. Um, just every situation that I've been through in my journey thus far has been so different. You know, I've been through so many different seasons and I've taken so much from each one as far as what works, what doesn't understanding of that mental mindset, which really helps me in coaching now because I can be empathetic to people that are going through those unique situations. I can understand the stick thin person that is terrified of eating or maybe they're not terrified of eating, but they don't know what to eat. You know, I can empathize with that. I can empathize with the overweight person who's super unhappy with how they look because I've been there too. I can empathize with all of the situations now, maybe not all. I have a lot more to learn still. But a vast amount, you know, I've been through quite a bit and I don't know everything yet, but at least I can have a really good base to understand people and to relate people to people and help get them through those seasons of their life. And those firsthand experiences are invaluable. And I think that when someone really is trying to look at their nutrition and stuff, it's helpful having someone who can relate to them, who can you know, have overcome something themselves. Maybe it's not the exact same thing, but they've overcome it or they are learning how to deal with it. Or even if it's just general health, or maybe someone just finds out they have diabetes and they got to figure out how to Mm -hmm. eat with that as a parameter. Or, you know, there's lots of different scenarios that people may have. Absolutely. And And I had a personal nutrition coach when I was new into CrossFit. Um, and through pretty much all of my years up until last year, um, I had a nutrition coach, helping me through each of those unique situations that I went through. Um, I was not doing that on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> at right. all at the time. Um, and I would say having that nutrition coach was the most integral part of me overcoming that. 
which is what drove me so deeply to do what I'm doing now because I saw firsthand how important that was to my success into growing as a athlete and as a human. And I'd hope that I can, after going through all of that, give that back to someone else who's maybe a little bit behind in the process than I am right now. And I can offer them some great advice and great guidance to help them through that as well. So what are some of your goals for your company? <laughs> for you and your company? Uh, more clients. More clients. <laughs> Just yeah. continue to grow. I mean, I'm gr- like you said, it's happened really quickly since the start of the new year. Um, things are taking off really fast and I'm super grateful for that very humbled by that. Um, right. So continue to grow and um, just reach as many people as I can, help as many as I can. That's awesome. And so you're trying to reach them through social media. And do you like have seminars or do you have ways, other ways people can get access to you? Um, I'm, I haven't done any seminars yet. I'm likely going to start doing some at the gym I coach at. I'm also a CrossFit coach at Backcountry CrossFit out here in Colorado. So, um, incorporating more nutrition into the gym is a goal of mine. I don't even think I've told the owners (laughs) entirely (laughs) what my intentions are there, but getting people just access to information. I think that's something that's highly lacking in our society right now is just general information for people. You know, people, I don't think people want to eat poorly. You know, everyone wants to eat well and look good. Right. (laughs) Everyone wants to, but like how, you know, so giving them that information is definitely something that's vital. So trying to get in with some seminars. Yes. If you are a client of mine, I send out bi-weekly newsletter things that give them plenty of information. They always have different topics. I've done some on meal prep, on nutrient timing was a a more recent one, uh, all about protein, um, things like that. I push as much information to them as I can. I'm continually trying to do personal education and then dump it back onto them. So is that that something that could maybe work in a broader format versus a one-on-one? Like if you could have general information where you could maybe have a subscription or something where Mm -hmm. people, and you could just give them general information or you could have different areas that they they click into. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's something that I start to incorporate Mm -hmm. soon. That's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, I'm so new to all of this. Right. I mean, I don't, like I said prior, I know nothing about business. I'm learning on the fly. <laughs> right. And just I mean, kind of trial and error really, things. I mean, we've talked about it on other podcasts. There are lots of people who come in and, you know, this one gentleman was saying, well, I don't know how to write a business plan. And Justin and What's I come What's a business up, plan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And Justin and I looked at each other and we're like, well, the one thing we can tell you for certain is the plan that you write in your business plan is not what ends up happening. Like, yeah. You know, so <laughs> on one side, it's great in theory, but as an entrepreneur, what you end up doing is pivoting and you kind of go yeah. where the flow is. And so right now you have your client base and whatnot, but you might find that you start having uh, interest in areas that you hadn't even thought about and your business might go that direction right? because you're like, wow, maybe this is how I can better serve people or better Mm -hmm. serve more people at once. Because I would imagine on a one-to-one basis, there's a finite number of people you can help, right? Right. I mean, you have money limiters, time limiters. Right. And so, but at some point, you know, if you are trying to reach as many people, you want to touch as many people as you can, Mm -hmm. you maybe end up in a different format just based on where your interests are and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to anything wherever it takes me. Honestly. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just, like you said, going with the flow. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. Right. Um, and well, and I think, uh, really, and don't get me wrong, I think education's a huge, important component to build 
the core competencies we need as human beings, but nothing replaces the one zero 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 rule, which is 10,000 hours and anything makes you an expert in taking the time and going through it and willing to learn as you go. And it's a long way there, but as you go through it and stick to your goals, you learn things that you couldn't learn mm-hmm. normally as a business person or as anything in life. Right. So how I'm did you become a good that. ice hockey player? 10,000 hours. Oh, you so, know? Many hours. Yeah. <laughs> so many hours. Yeah. <laughs> you might so. have to calculate that someday. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Being an insane amount. Right. Right. So Janae, Tell us a little bit about how you use nutrition and the things that you're talking about on this podcast to better your goals, and have you seen better PRs because of it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So pretty much all of my success in CrossFit as being an athlete and hockey at that time, you know, when I was still in college, I'm not playing anymore. I'm just doing CrossFit. But all of my success, I would say, is directly related to my nutritional competency and improving my nutritional habits, eating more for me. I always underate um, naturally. So at first I just counted macros because it got me eating enough. Um, and now I continue to track them because it keeps me in line with my goals. Um, and definitely refueling enough when you're training multiple hours a day, or even if you're just an average Joe training one hour a day, it's still important to make sure that you're fueled and recovered for that. So in my life, nutrition has been the most important base to my growth as an athlete, honestly. And I think that's important because as an athlete or as any human being, I know for myself that if I go on the road and Deborah and I travel a lot and I don't eat properly and I allow bad food into my body, I often get sick. I often get stressed. Mm -hmm. I often don't handle my body very well and I'm not doing myself any favor as you can hear in my voice right now (laughs) Um, being on the road and not eating well or not sticking to a diet or not eating whole foods and or at least trying to um, has a negative impact so it does you know anyone that's out there that's interested I think that this is worth looking at as a human being I think there's a lot of things that better your life through eating Mm -hmm. and By eating properly or finding someone that can help you eat properly, it helps curb a lot of the stress that's in your body. It helps curb a lot of stress in your life. It helps better you as a human being, I think, because if you're not stressed all the time, you're handling the people around you better. So, Janae, give us a little bit of idea of what you think the next steps are for a person like Deborah and I who travel all the time. How do we manage our diet better? Mm-hmm. Be mindful. <clears throat> so just being mindful means when you go out to eat, when you are choosing whatever you're, you're going to eat that day, right? Just keeping in mind, um, is this a healthy option? You know, are you being present in that moment, um, being aware of what you're doing, how fast you're eating, what you're eating, all of these things, just practicing mindfulness is the most basic easy thing that anyone can do Um, because typically we're set up in front of a screen or a tv when we eat right and we're just shoveling down food and being a little bit um, 
you're not being as aware of your hunger cues, you know, your body telling you, Hey, I'm full, you know, I don't need any more. It's harder to hear that when you're absorbed in Netflix (laughs) (laughs) and you know, (laughs) right. And you're just cranking out the food, right? So being mindful in that. And typically most people have a decent enough idea of what is healthy, you know, and if you're being conscious of that, when you go and make your next choice, just keeping that in the back of your mind is going to breed the most easy results that you can look for, you know, eat, try to do one thing that's good before you do something that's bad. So if you're craving ice cream at night, cool, have some, but after you eat an apple, mm-hmm. see how that works out for you. You know, maybe you won't eat that ice cream because one, you're satisfied and full off that apple. And two, you're like, wow, I feel really great because I did something healthy. And that makes me feel really in control and like a healthy person, you know, and you won't want to reach for that ice cream as much anymore. So two really basic things right there. I love that. And Janae, thank you for coming and being a part of the podcast and being on just in the food entrepreneurs podcast. Thank you, Deborah, for always being my co-host. <laughs> You're welcome. It's of course. Been fun. Carrying the team as I, I've been sick on a few episodes here and there. Deborah's carried the team. <laughs> it's and, it, fun. and those who can't see her, she's only five foot three. So she's carrying a big team here. <laughs> but anyway, thank you again, Janae. Yeah. Thank um, you so Justin much for having Bizar- me. I'm Justin Bizarro. Um, If you guys like what's going on on the podcast and you like Janae's story, please share the episode, tell your friends, and follow Janae on Instagram and Facebook. Go to her website, reach out to her, email her, DM her. She's got a lot of life story to tell you and share with you as well as help you learn from what she's learning and help better your life. So please reach out to her. What she's doing is a great thing, and she's helping a lot of people better their lives through nutrition. So Mm -hmm. please reach out to her. I'm Justin Bizarro again, and this is Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a good day. Mm